Welcome to the Hallucination Cafe. I'd like to take you on a journey to an alternative reality, a world of fiction, of horror, of science that doesn't exist. I'm your host, Shelley Ann Wooderson. Welcome back to the Hallucination Cafe. I hope you've been enjoying our stories. Tonight's story is called The Dark Man, and it's read and written by myself, Shelley Ann Wooderson. If you like the podcast, please subscribe, like, tell all your friends about it, share us on social media. Thank you so much. Anne drove the minivan cautiously up the long gravel driveway. The vehicle lurched into potholes as headlights could not illuminate. She moved the rearview mirror so she could see David still sleeping in his car seat despite the last pothole. Adjusting the mirror again, she saw the figure of a man. He was moving towards her a shape growing larger in the glow of her taillights. It must be a shadow, she thought. There couldn't be anyone here. Not here. She wondered for a moment whether he was a worker from one of the new developments down the road. Maybe someone lost. Their house was set at the edge of the city, an old farmhouse on a half acre of land. The rest of the farm was slowly being turned into tract housing. She looked into the mirror again. The man was not walking, yet he seemed to be just drifting closer. She turned her head to look at him directly, then she stopped. She watched her mirror again. She was filled with a new awareness, a certain terror. She knew that if she turned to look, he would not be there. In that instant, she knew this person in the mirror was not a construction worker. She kept driving and he kept approaching. Reaching the end of the driveway, she pulled into the wooden fence. She couldn't outrun him. There was nowhere left to run. Looking in the mirror, she knew she had to turn, see with her own eyes. She dropped her keys into the usual place in the car. Then she turned in her seat and looked back through the rear window. There was no one there. She pushed herself away from the rear-view mirror and out of the car. The night was cold and still. She could hear her own terror as she opened the rear door and jerked her son from his car seat and into her arms. Hurrying towards the porch light, she resisted looking back, for she knew she would see nothing. But she could feel him watching her, feel the shadow of his soul in her mind. The sanctuary of the porch light beckoned. She ran, her lungs aching. Sir William, her Siamese cat, was sitting on the porch waiting for her. He stood up to greet her with a long yowl. Reaching the light, she stood leaning on the house and stilled her breath. There was nothing to be afraid of. It had just been a shadow. Couldn't be anything else. Holding David with one arm, she opened the door and let herself and the cat in. Harry had come home and fed himself. Spaghetti sauce was burning on the stove. She laid David on his bed and ran back to the kitchen to turn it off. Hi, baby, he said, coming to the kitchen, pushing aside her long hair and kissing her on the neck. How was your mom? Harry, have you noticed anything strange? I always thought your mom was strange. Hey, you look white and exhausted. Must be all that driving. Yes, I must be tired. That must be it. It had been nothing. Here in the light she was convinced. It was just a shadow, a trick of the light, an image burned into her tired retina from days before. There had been no one following her. Do you want me to make you something? No, I think I'll just go to bed and watch TV. He smiled at her. I think I'll join you. Maybe I can even get you in the mood for something other than TV. 
When they moved into the two-bedroom house, they had easily fed all the furniture that had formerly filled their one-bedroom apartment in the city. This was their dream house, away from the noise with plenty of room for a garden, a safe place to raise a family. Yes, there had been compromises. The house was smaller than she could have wished, and when they moved in, it needed a lot of work. Every weekend for the first year, they'd painted and patched or planted. When she became pregnant, the cosy house was suddenly tiny. Harry had built her a room in the garage when David was a baby, an office so she could still work from home part-time. It was her space with lilac walls, Monet prints, lace curtains and flowered upholstery, feminine touches that she would never have forced on Harry. They'd put in a big picture window so she could look up from wherever tax return she was working on and see David playing in the yard. She usually worked there every morning, but since she'd come home from her mother's, she just stayed in the house, keeping David close. He seemed happy enough, a little tired after the trip, but what could you expect from a five-year-old? Visiting Grandma had taken a lot out of both of them. That's all is wrong, she told herself, exhaustion and a hangover from being pleasant to mother. David had been spoiled by his grandmother, candy and ice cream presents every day. Anna tried to stop her mother, but it had only been for three days after all. Now back home, David demanded the royal treatment he'd received from Grandma. Give me candy! No, David, she said, looking up from the sauce she was stirring. Tonight would be homemade Salisbury steak, Harry's favourite, and macaroni and cheese for David. Oh, why not? He hit the ground crying. Because it's not good food, that's why. I'm making dinner right now. Harry walked in from work as David whined out his best argument and then started sobbing. Grandma would have let me have candy. You don't love me. Oh, Christ, Anne, said Harry looking out at his son. Don't tell me you've let your mother wreck our kid and turn him into a little monster. David, get off your knees. David started to sob louder. Anne bent down and got on the floor with her son. Hey, Davy, you do. She said, pulling up her shirt, if you don't stop crying, I'm going to have to tickle you till you pee. Mama! She blew a raspberry into his belly button and he started to giggle. Now get up and bring your daddy that picture you were drawing pronto. Dinner will be on the table in ten. David ran off to get the picture. And did you let your mom jack him up on sugar while... Harry, she doesn't see him that often. She shouldn't get to see him at all if she wants to. It'll be okay. He put her arms around his waist. So how was your day? Good. Did you get a chance to look at all the mail that came while you were gone? I think I saw some envelopes that looked like they might contain checks. Anne put the plates out on the small table in the kitchen where they usually ate. No, I didn't get a chance yet. Well, it's all waiting in your office. If there's any checks that could really help out, the property tax is due this week. Harry set the cutlery out while Anne started dishing the food. Daddy! yelled David as he ran back to the kitchen. He laid his picture on the table. Daddy, Harry looked down at the stick people and swirling colours. Tell me about it, kiddo. David started to point. What, that's you and me and mommy and the house and there's the dark man behind us and it's raining and... Anne stopped. What man, honey? That one. And there's a storm because of the clouds. When is it going to snow? It doesn't snow here, said Harry. Marty at school says snow is like ice cream. You can eat it. Sit at the table, kiddo, and let's eat. Mama's made a great meal. Snow is more like ice than ice cream. It doesn't taste sweet. 
Harry laid the plates out on the table and started to serve. He grinned at Anne as he put three Salisbury steaks on his own plate. Wow! Marty wrong? Can we make a snowman? There was never any prayer or ceremony at dinner. The only dinner rule Anne had ever insisted on was the television must be off. Hey, Annie, you okay? You aren't eating. Yeah, I'm fine. She forced in a mouthful. There was nothing wrong. David's picture was just a few scribbles on a piece of paper. For all she knew, she'd given him the idea of a dark man. There was nothing to be afraid of. Yet she had to force herself to eat. Anne spent the next morning opening mail and filing. Two clients had paid their bills and there was enough money to deposit, so she readied the banking, then went back into the house to make a cup of coffee. David was at school and Harry was at work. The house was silent. Sir William met her as she walked up to him. He was lonely. He rubbed himself against her legs as she entered the house and stood talking to her as she made the coffee. She reached down to pat him and, acknowledged, he walked into the bedroom to catch some more sleep. Anne walked back to her office and went to turn the handle. The door was jammed. The handle wouldn't move. She rotated her wrist and her hand slid around it. It felt as though someone was holding it from the other side, preventing the doorknob from turning. Anne put down her coffee and tried the handle again with both hands. It turned easily, but the door opened slowly as if someone were pushing back against her. Then the door sprang open. She looked inside the office. It was just as she left it. She looked behind the door, but there was no one there. She tried the handle. It moved easily. She pushed the door back and forth. It moved freely. She ran around the building, relicking down the driveway. It was empty. She knew it had to be someone there, but there was no one there. She told herself the door had just frozen, then freed itself, that it happens all the time. There should be a reasonable explanation. Taking the banking from the desk, she ran back to the house and curled up in the bed and grabbed the cat for comfort. Anne was sorting laundry when she heard the door open behind her. She turned from the washer and saw the living room door open. Sir William's paw appeared, then he walked through. Anne sighed, realising that she'd been holding her breath. It was only the cat. There was nothing wrong. It was all in her head. She bit her lip and wondered what was happening to her. Perhaps this feeling that there was someone in the house was a manifestation of her fear of being alone. Perhaps she was just worried because David was at school now and the house was empty. She never used to jump when the cat came into the room. It was all in her head. No need to worry anyone else. It was all in her head. It was all in her head. She really wanted to believe it was all in her head. She took an armful of clothes into David's room. She and David had painted the room together, blue with top accents. The job that would have taken her two days had taken the two of them a week. She looked on the wall where she could still see his handprints. The paint hadn't quite covered the mistakes. Walking up, she traced the marks with her fingers. His hands were so small. She put the clothes away and she saw the mouse ears. They were David's prized possession, proof of their vacation to Disney World. Harry had come home from work with a surprise. He'd gotten a bonus and he'd spent the money on a trip for the three of them to Disney World. Anne half-wished that he'd spent the money on a trip just for the two of them, somewhere romantic. Harry was a great father and provider, but she missed the tender lover she'd married. It was 2am when Anne awoke. She pulled the blankets up but couldn't get warm. David was asleep between Harry and herself again. He'd climbed into bed without waking her up this time. The last few weeks she'd had to lie down with him in his room to get him to sleep. 
He wouldn't let her turn the light out because he was scared. He used to go to sleep alone in the dark and now she had to lie with him or he'd cry. The precious free time she got after David went to bed was being eaten away. He would clutch onto her for an hour and then when she tried to leave, he'd wake up and cling to her again. She'd lie with him in the dark, slowly resenting his dependence. All kids go through this phase, Harry assured her. Yet he was never the one who had to put Davy to sleep. He didn't have to hold the shaking, exhausted little boy in his arms till he went numb, all the time knowing the dishes were waiting to be done in the kitchen. Anne rubbed the sleep out of her eyes. There was something coming into the room. She reached for David, protective, scared. The door opened. It was Sir William. He walked over to the foot of the bed. Then he stood still. The cat's back arched and his hair stood on end and he was glaring at the corner of the room above the dresser. David moaned in his sleep and tossed the covers off. Anne put them back on, but he started to yell. Drenched with sweat, his hands clawed at the air above him. No, 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 leave me alone, leave me alone. His legs kicked wildly. The cat began to yell. Harry woke up. What the hell? Shut the cat up, it's waking up David. David's eyes opened unseeing. No, 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 yelled David. Annie, do something with that cat. Cat began to yell louder. David's arms began to fly, one hit her in the face. Leave me alone, he screamed. If you don't stop that damn cat, I will. Anne hopped out of bed and picked up the spitting ball of fur. The cat continued to hiss at something in the corner of the room. She could almost see what it was. There in the corner. The man. The dark man. The cat knew it was there. Get out of here, she yelled at the shadow. The cat hurled himself from her arms and ran out of the room. David calmed immediately and Harry put his arms around him. It's okay, kiddo. Go back to sleep. Anne couldn't shut her eyes again that night. As a child, she had believed that her dolly could place a protective field around her as she went to sleep. Now in her desperation, she imagined a white sheet of light surrounding her bed a bubble of protection. She held David tight, his cold skin sticking to hers. She watched the darkness for the unseen enemy and listened to her baby's breathing. It was a beautiful Saturday and they were out in the yard. The orange tree they'd planted when they first moved in was covered in fruit. Fat squirrels ran along the phone wires playing tag. Harry and David played ball while Anne read a romance novel and watched. Sir William had joined the family and was lounging in the sun by the fence. Then Harry threw the ball hard. The ball hit David on the forehead. Falling backwards against the house wall, he sank to the ground, stunned and weeping. Anne jumped out of the deck chair to run to him. Harry stood in front of her and held her back. He didn't get hurt that bad. You don't spoil him. You'll just turn him into a sissy. David's body reverberated with pain. Get out of the way, Harry. She yelled and pushed against him. You'll just spoil the boy, ruin him. Let him cry. It'll teach him. Harry's hand caught her arm. His fingers cut deep into her flesh. Sir William ran to David and started to howl, blood-curdling anguished cries, his body swollen like a puffer fish. She looked back to Harry, and for a moment she didn't recognize him. His face had changed. How couldn't she identify him? He was the man she loved, the man she'd lived with for ten years. 
She knew every line of his face, every mood reflected in his eyes. In a crowded room, she knew him just from the glimpse of the back of his head. Why couldn't she recognize him? What was going on? No, go away, go away, go away, screamed David. The cat started to spit at Harry. Anne stared down at Sir William. What was wrong with the cat? What had happened to Harry? And suddenly she understood. This wasn't her husband. The dark man had finally caught them. It wasn't her imagination. Looking at the stranger who stared out of her husband's eyes, she knew this was real. And it was too late. She did the only thing she could. She grabbed David and ran for the car. Harry started after her. She couldn't run fast carrying David. He was gaining on her. She could feel his fingertips grabbing at the back of her shirt. Fucking beast! He let her go, and she looked to see Sir William jump up and attack Harry's face. The key was in the car, where she'd always left it, and as she accelerated down the driveway, she didn't look back. I hope you liked tonight's little ghost story. Or maybe it wasn't a ghost story, and it was just about a woman losing her mind. That's for you to decide. Next week, we will have a story about what happens in the afterlife, and about how till death do us part isn't always the end. Thank you so much. Until next time. Bye.